Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Green estate in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett Speak up. Natalie Sue Gann. Natalie Sue Gann. Where do you live? Uh, I'm not. Vagrant. Where are your folks? I'm not sure, but I'm looking for my... Orphan. I'm not an orphan. Put her number one. I'm no orphan. Sure, kid, sure. Her name was Natty Gann. She wouldn't just run away like that. What the hell happened back there, Connie? She went searching for her father. I'm calling my dad a commie. Yeah, you want to make some out of it? Yeah. Well, come on, try it. She found her freedom. That's a nice dog. He's a wolf. Oh, yeah? On an extraordinary journey. Come on! He ain't gonna Come make on! it. He's never gonna make it. He made it. That became an incredible adventure. I found my kid's wallet buried under a train in Colorado. Better wise up if you expect to make it, kid. Well, I'll do all right, Mr. Know-it-all. An adventure that made the impossible come true. Dear Natty, leaving was the hardest thing I've ever done. I hope you can forgive me. I love you. Come right away, Dad. It's the right train, the right speed. Perfect. journey of Natty Gann, an adventure that made the impossible come true. Her name is Natty Gann. I'm looking for someone, my dad. She went searching for her father. He ran out on you, Natty. No. On an extraordinary journey. Don't look down. That became an incredible adventure. The Journey of Natty Gann, rated PG. Starts tomorrow at a theater near you. Welcome, everyone, to a cross-country episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and joining me... Kyra Hawkins. Good to have you, Kyra. Happy to be here. And we are talking about... A movie that I think we're going to come to the same conclusion on. We are talking about the journey of Natty Gan. This movie was released September the 27th of 1985. It did a whopping $9.7 million in the box office. Which in today's money is like $9.7 million. 
<laughs> Close. It's 27.6. So it's about three times as much money, but still, that's not even what our next movie made in that time. So, I have to admit, I had never seen this movie, and having watched it, I wish I hadn't seen it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I also had never seen it, and, um, I don't, I feel kind of indifferent about it, I guess. Um, like I was telling you before we started recording, I kind of had it on in the background of some other things going on. Um, so I was mostly tuned in, but I think I missed a few things here and there. Um, but like I said, that probably added to my enjoyment um while i did find things that i didn't like um but yeah it, it's i mean it's a movie that disney made in the 80s um <laughs> that's and and that's our show ladies and gentlemen good night yeah uh yeah i i mean i guess we'll get to it but mm, it's okay yeah i'm trying to get the actual Wikipedia pulled up because I think this, as most Disney movies, was based on a book, but I could be wrong. So, um, all right. All right. So, the synopsis, which comes to us as always from Wikipedia, goes a little something like this In 1935, teenage tomboy Natty Gann lives in Chicago with her unemployed, widowed father, Saul. After being out of work because of the Great Depression, Saul applies for work as a lumberjack in Washington. However, to take the job, he must leave on almost no notice on a company bus. Unable to find Natty before departing, he leaves her a letter promising to send her a fare to join him as soon as he has earned it. Meanwhile, he makes arrangements with Connie, the shallow and insensitive innkeeper of their rooming house, so Nettie can stay under Connie's temporary supervision. After overhearing Connie reporting her as an abandoned child, Nettie runs away to find her father on her own, embarking on a cross-country journey riding the rails along with penniless travelers and hobos. Along the way, she saves a wolf dog from a dog fighting ring. In return, the dog, who she calls Wolf, becomes her friend and protector in her attempt to return to her father. She has a brief, innocent romance with another young traveler, Harry, and encounters various obstacles that test her courage, perseverance, and ingenuity, such as being arrested after cattle rustling and remanded to a juvenile facility. Natty manages to escape the detention facility and confronts Charlie, the blacksmith who has been given control of the captured wolf. Charlie turns out to be kind and fair-minded, he gives Wolf back as well as cooking her a meal. Charlie also gives Natty enough money for a train ticket. She is cheated of her ticket money by an unscrupulous ticket agent and narrowly escapes his attempts to turn her in, returning to riding the rails illicitly on freight trains, where she is unexpected reunited with Harry in a railside shantytown. When Natty's father calls Connie, she tells him that Natty is gone. In a later phone call, he is grieved to learn that Natty's wallet was found buried under a derailed freight train. Unbeknownst to, her, to him, he survived the crash. He was given a week's leave from the lumber company to search through the wreckage for her, but to no avail. He returns to the lumber camp and requests the most dangerous 
jobs, known as widow's work, now that he seemingly has little to live for. Arriving on the west coast, Natty's journey takes several more challenging turns. Harry finds work through a Federal Work Process Administration in, France, in San Francisco, but she declines his invitation to go with him, preparing to find her father. The logging operation does not list Saul Gant among their workers, but Natty is undeterred. Searching fruitlessly for him by showing other loggers her fo his photo and a pendant he had given her, which is her last trace of her parents. Wolf hears a call of other wolves nearby, and Natty tearfully tells him to go join his own kind. The company clerk catches her in one of the backwoods camps and makes arrangements for her to be sent down the mountain for her own safety. The clerk unexpectedly finds the return letter her father had sent, enclosing our train ticket to rejoin him, and tells Natty of his location. Natty sets out on foot and sees a company truck pass by loaded with injured men. In the truck, she glimpses her father. She runs after it, calling out for him, but is eventually devastated when it outpaces her. She hears his voice call out to her and finds him standing in the road. They share an emotional embrace with Wolf looking on from a nearby cliff. The end. Alright, so you said you loved this movie because you were doing other things and not a hundred percent invested. I wish I had I wish I had things that were taking my mind away from Um I didn't love it. Um but having other things going on like it just was like a busy week for work. I worked from home a lot um the over the week, so I just was not fully invested. Um I and I think that probably helped. Like will I watch this again and and focus on it intently? Absolutely not. <laughs> But it was, like, pleasant enough to have on in the background because, like, you know it's going to have a happy ending. Um, it it probably wasn't, like, low stakes because, like, there's a kid, like, missing for a while. But um, it just – it's supposed to be, like, a feel-good kind of coming-of-age type drama. So have it on in the background. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and see, I had just put the world's youngest podcast host down for the night and sat down, was eating some dinner, and turned this on so that way I could get involved with it. And immediately, we are thrown into what looks to be a labor dispute, a la Newsies, except they did it better. And where there's a fight in the men's room involving a girl and a boy and there was smoking before that and there was accusations of parents being commies and reds and we're like three minutes into the movie and i'm like wait a minute is this a disney film i'm not sure i'm on the right streaming service and from there it seems to go downhill rather sharply because the heroine in this movie, and I use that term very loosely, is a girl who is named Natalie Gann, but she goes by Natty because she's a tomboy, and tomboys do that kind of stuff, I guess. Not a, not a tomboy wouldn't claim to be. 
And so after she gets into the fight, she's her and her friends are trying to sneak into a Mickey Mouse short. And for some reason, she gets distracted because there is a cute little puppy that is in the alleyway. And so her being the fine, upstanding citizen of America that she is, she sneaks the dog into her and her dad's place. And this is just as the dad finds out that he gets a job in Washington. Yeah, Washington State. Um, yeah, there's like a lot. Everything that you just described happens like within the first 10 minutes-ish. Oh, yeah. maybe 11. Um so there was like a lot of setup for this in a short amount of time, which I guess there had to be. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. So I like I want to know why they introduced the puppy because we don't see it for long. Um, yeah. And then uh, like the dad just leaves her with like in the care of his landlord who really has no business caring for children um i will say though like the lady who plays the landlord is the mother in my big fat greek wedding okay um laney kazen i think that's how you say that um i love her in so many different like she's been in a lot of different things but most notably probably um would be my big fat greek wedding I love her. I hated this character in this movie. Um, she was terrible. Yeah. He just leaves and... Well, in his defense, he did stay outside of the... And I'm using square, I'm using scare quotes. Bus that is supposed to take him cross-country to Washington until the very last minute. And I'm mortified... That this was, I mean, I'm sure it probably is, it happened during those times. Because we're talking the Great Depression. you got to do something to make money to send home to get your kid back with you. Mm-hmm. But, so, she comes home with her puppy. Finds out that he's done up and run off. Because she's late getting home. And come to find out that the landlord, like you said, was put in charge of her. And suddenly the landlord just turns on her and she's like, I'm tired of you doing this. I'm tired of you doing that. You go back to your room. I'm going to lock you in. She actually locks the girl in her room. Mm-hmm. And then the first sign of trouble, she just calls the cops and says that there's a girl that's been left and yeah, needs and to be picked up. Yeah, um, I like. I mean, he wrote her a nice letter when he left, but he did just leave without saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, she basically ends up kind of on the street because it's either like let the police take her or whatever, or go find dad. And so she goes and she talks to the guy that is that plays the chef in The Shining, which is a movie that you're too scared to watch. I know. Uh, well actually i've seen the shining but i don't remember um do you mean the guy that's like selling stuff yeah street yeah Uh, the street merchant yeah that's not 
street urchin. Um, the street urchin. <laughs> he's like got. I don't know. He's selling stuff. Um, like a little like booth or kiosk or something. I don't know what they call it, but um, and I'm forgetting that this is Chicago, not New York. I had to remind myself of that so many times. But, but like she kind of helps him. He's like a nice uncle type character. Yeah. But I again, we barely see him after the first fifteen or twenty minutes. Yeah, and so there's there's like so much that gets dropped on us that we'd expect to have picked up. Like we had the puppy, who she just ties to a post and says, "You'll be better off here." And then she, after she had talked to the merchant, she decides, "Well, I'm just going to hop on a train." Mm-hmm. And then enter John Cusack. Yeah. And he's so dreamy at any age. I just I I just love John Cusack. So I didn't mind that he was in this movie at all. Like, oh, he's just I don't know, there's like young John Cusack and his like kind of pouty face. There's just something about it. I don't know what it is. Yeah, and this it's was like, actually three years before Eight Men Out and is probably Probably about the time that he was doing some of his Brat Pack movies, but yeah, he was he was a welcome distraction mm-hmm. because he pretty much takes her under his wing for seven or eight minutes of the movie, and then he drops off the face of the earth to be re-brought up at the tail end. Yeah, I, so after everything else, I was like, he was there for a couple minutes, and like helps her uh, get her journey started. Um, he's kind of mean to her. Like he doesn't want to help her, but he does because a good guy, I guess. Um, and then he vanished. And I really thought, is that it? Yeah. Like, is that all we get? Yeah. Because if you look at the screen grab that they use on Disney plus, it has Natty it has him and it has a wolf dog that we find out that she rescued in the middle of a dog fighting back room place. She basically distracts people so the wolf can get away. And so therefore it's imprinted with her for some unknown reason. And so they get on the... I'm sorry, Natty and the dog get on the train after they got off to make sure that they didn't get arrested by the train police or whatever. I'd I'd zoned out when John told her to get off the the, um, train. And so she gets back on and the wolf growls at her and suddenly they're friends. She leaves him some food and like kind of sneaks off, and I guess he follows her. Yeah, that, that's that's what we can go with. And then the next thing that we know, she's up in a, a pipe, rolling along on another train, and that part of the train has a derailment, and she rolls down the hill, and she probably got a concussion. Or you would think, because she rolled several times and that pipe was not made of nice, soft, squishy materials. Yeah, it was tough. Um, That's kind of scary to watch, actually. 
And so the wolf is spotted again and she follows him. And sometime during this part of the movie, she's dropped her wallet. Mm-hmm. And I, they found her in the train. And I could have swore that she had the pendant, which comes in handy at the very end of the movie. I thought that was in her wallet. Because you, like, you don't ever see her looking at it for the rest of the movie until she actually gets to where her dad is. Spoiler alert, her and her dad were reunited at the end. But <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we knew, you know, it's going to have a happy yeah. ending. Um, yeah, I kind of forgot about the pendant. Uh, just probably because I wasn't paying as close of attention. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, she's kind of on her own. She, like, wanders up on a farm. Um, hated the farm scene. I wish they would have left it out. Mm-hmm. It was, like, one of the parts I was really paying attention to. And, um the wife was really sweet and wanted to like take care of her. And the husband was abusive. Like he hits her at one point. Yeah. Causing her away. Um, like I just, I wish they would have left this part out because aside from like, Oh, how is she going to like eat and survive and stuff? There was no point in this. Yeah. But she didn't really have to worry about how she was going to eat and survive because the wolf was, hunting and giving her food all along it looked like and he actually drops a rabbit and takes off and here cook it yeah and so you see her pick up the rabbit whose neck has been broken so it was humanely killed by the wolf and the next thing that you see is her turning a perfectly skinned rabbit on a spit and I don't think she had a knife I don't think she had any kind of cutting utensils to be able to skin, gut, mouth and she probably well well, she smoked so she probably did have cigarettes and um, matches so that was that part was okay but so yeah she's getting the food and then then it starts to rain on her while she's cooking the rabbit. So I don't know if she actually got to eat it or not. And she goes into the cave where the wolf is. And the next thing that you see, the wolf is up behind her, which was not where he was in the beginning of the cave scene. So when did he come in, bed down with her, go to sleep, and she went to sleep too? There's 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 so many points that are left out in this movie that they could have done away with the dog scene, done away with the backroom brawl in the in the bathroom and given her more more time in the actual movie movie. Yeah. So while all of that's happening, um dad calls home to check on her. Mm-hmm. Connie, the landlord, um who knows what she's really saying to him because we don't get her side of the conversation. We just get him. But, like, he's understanding that his kid's missing and um, he's distraught. But he's not distraught enough to leave to go look for her until uh, until he catches wind of, like, that they found her wallet under a train or something. Um so, so, like, 
not parent of the year for sure. Yeah. So we cut back to Natty still traveling cross country, and she's it never actually says says great great grandma. <laughs> It never actually says where she is during any of this. You just know that she's going from Chicago to Washington. Yeah. And she runs into some bad people. Yeah, she like kind of joins like a like a gang of thieves. Yeah. Um. The it looks like oh yeah they're gonna help her get where she's going. No, they're all bad. Yeah. Um. That part of the movie also pointless. Yeah. Uh. Like I'm watching this kind of like I said in the background, just like okay now she's now she's doing this okay now now she's doing that. So I didn't like I wasn't sitting there thinking this doesn't make sense. Um, but now you know looking back on it, I'm like, why did they include this? Because it doesn't like help her as a as a well I guess kind of because she like she wants to prove herself to these guys. Um, but she's also like, but that's stealing. So we establish morals. Mm-hmm. But then she still like helps them and then ends up like they leave her behind. Which then somehow, I guess, causes her to go to some kind of shelter. Yeah, I, I think. So So she, she and the group of toughs, for lack of a better term decide that they are going to steal a bull. And growing up on a farm, you don't just approach a bull like she and Wolf are doing, despite the fact that, yeah, she's got a wolf with her. But so they just walk in, and the rest of the toughs scatter to go to different places in the in the pen. And then Wolf growls at the bull, and the bull takes off after seeing that he means business. And so Wolf hears a what ends up being a motorcycle coming up the road, and he tries to warn her, and she doesn't. She's torn, and so the reason that she ends up at the orphanage or home or whatever is because Wolf took off, and she had to go after him. And so the next thing that we see is that she is in this orphanage home, whatever you want to call it. And there's one girl that she makes a friend with. And then we cut to the next morning and they're out in the yard doing Hindu school as their exercise. Yeah. And that that's the only thing that they're doing except for Natty and this girl have to walk the or run the yard because they were talking when they weren't supposed to be. And she sees Wolf getting taken off by a blacksmith's um, vehicle. And because she cares about this dog, she gets thrown into solitary confinement. And, I mean, there was so much of this movie that was just extemporaneous and did not need to be in it. Yeah. But so she and this girl break out, or she, the girl helps her break out, and she hunts down the blacksmith, gets a ride into town in the trunk of a vehicle, and she threatens the blacksmith 
because she thought that the blacksmith had killed the wolf because the box was open, but no, the blacksmith had actually just holed up the wolf. Mm-hmm. And then you actually see the blacksmith's face, and I would have liked to have known what the backstory was on him. Yeah, I, I liked him because, like, he was, like, tough, um, but he made sure she was taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um he gave her like money and food and got her, you know, to a safe place or gave her money to buy a ticket, like a bus ticket, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. To get like to go along on her way, I guess, because she's told him what she's doing. And um, it's like she's it's it is the journey of Natty Gan. So, like, of course, it's just her with people that she, and animals or whatever that she spends time with for like five minutes at a time. But I wish we would have gotten more of him mm-hmm. and skipped this next part that's coming up where she's like basically attacked by a creepy old guy that she hitches a ride with. Yeah. Um, that was so upsetting to me. I, like, I mean, it's what is this movie rated like PG? Yeah, so, it's PG. So yeah, like. There's like nothing happens really, but just the fact like I it gave me major ick because like she's riding with this old older guy. I don't know how old he really is, but like older, she's probably 15 and he's like, we sure are pretty. And I just was like, oh, no, I don't want to watch. He puts his arm around her. I'm I've got to open in another window right now and I'm skipping ahead because it was so like that just upsets me. And just creepy, creepy, didn't like it. I wish they would have skipped, like, left that out and just yeah. spent time with the, uh, with the... Blacksmith? I'm, yes, my brain was saying locksmith, and I knew that was wrong. <laughs> yeah, so the, the only reason that Natty gets away from the ick factor is because the wolf is in the back, is in the back of the truck... Mm-hmm. And he's seeing what's going on, and he actually breaks through the back windshield and attacks the driver, so that way yeah. she can roll out of the vehicle, and she takes off, and obviously the wolf gets away. Yeah. And meanwhile, we cut back to her dad, who is working as a lumberjack, and he's distraught because he thinks his daughter's dead. Yeah. And... So the guy that's actually chopping down the top of the tree, I think he dies or is maimed or whatever. It wasn't, things didn't look good for him. And so the dad goes up and says, well, I hear you got an opening. And I have the job. He's probably feeling like reckless. Yeah. There's no point anymore. Sure. Why not? Um, But with 30 minutes left in the movie, the return of our king John Cusack. Uh, yeah, because she sneaks into a squatter's camp somewhere, wherever they are, and she tries to steal his can of painted beans. Yeah. Because this is in a gallon paint bucket. That's probably three quarters of the way full with beans. And I'm like, I don't know who would want to eat that many beans in a year. Unless they're cooked right and they not... just like he just likes beans. So they wolf warns them, and it's because they're 
there's the cops are coming in to set fire to the squatters place. Mm-hmm. And so they run out and they hop back on another train. And I think the whole point of this movie was to make people think the train jumping was fun. Yeah. Because it, it did kind of look fun if you're that age. Yeah. She's like, it doesn't really say in the movie, I don't think. I didn't yeah. catch it. Uh, Wikipedia doesn't indicate her age, but I looked and the actress was probably like 15 or 16 at the time. Yeah. Um, I think John Cusack. 19 or 20. Yeah, he was like maybe four or five years older, maybe six years older than her. So that seems about right for the movie's characters. Um, What I, I mean, the next like 20 minutes of the movie is them, you know, like you said, hopping from train to train, sneaking around, surviving together. Um, and then they get to Washington, and John's like, oh, by the way, I got a job. You want to come with me? It's in San Francisco. And she's like, no, I need to go see my dad. Yeah. And he's like, okay, bye. And he kisses her, and this is where I actually looked up how old they were, just to make sure that she wasn't like 12 or 13, and he's like 23, 24. Right. And, yeah. I mean, it wasn't quite the ick factor that we had from the truck driver but it was still borderline i was like is this an inappropriate kiss with a minor and i mean do i need to call defects on this (laughs) i was thinking like at first when he's like hey like i got i've got work and you can like i want you to come with me to california and um He's so excited to ask her to come with him. And uh, as as she's like saying goodbye, I was like, wow, I was at this point surprised that they didn't like kind of throw some kind of romantic something in there. And then they kissed. And I was like, well, that almost came out of nowhere because mm-hmm. he treat he's like talking to her like a kid. He even calls her kid several times. Yeah. I Maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention. No, um, but the, there, it it was money. thrown at you. It wasn't it. It was something that just like every other, just about every other bit of this movie, was shoehorned in to try to make you feel things that you probably shouldn't, unless it was thrown at you. Yeah, I. I mean, okay. Honestly. If John Cusack leaned in for a kiss, I probably would have gone for it too. But um, it just it did seem seemingly come out of nowhere. I was really surprised because I thought, oh, they're just gonna leave this like ambiguous, like they're friends and they kiss. Um, and then she goes on to like she's so close to finding her dad. So I'm like, okay, that's the last we're gonna see of him, and it is. Um, then like they're writing letters to each other and she suddenly, I guess because they kissed, she's like, you can see that she's struggling with how to sign off on the letter, like how to sound, uh, I don't know, one way or another. Cause like, yeah. Oh, things changed between us. Yeah. Cause um, she's like, 
do I sign it love? Do I sign it sincerely? <laughs> do I sign it kiss my big toe? I I did think it was cute like to watch her like struggle with that because that's such a like teenage girl yeah. trying to be cool thing to do. So I I just thought that was cute. This is about the part where um. I started to pay the most attention because I knew it had to be getting close to the end. Um, and it, you know, until you said it a second ago, I didn't realize it, but you're absolutely right that everything that happens in this movie is like manipulating us to feel things. Yeah. Uh, it's like melodramatic. Dad thinks she's dead. Uh, there's like an accident at like work site so someone is like hurt badly and um yeah and so re rewinding just a little bit so she goes and she's found where she thinks that her dad is and the two and so she gets a ride up to this place and she barges in on the office and she's like i'm here to find my dad mm-hmm. and there's like a line of people that are actually trying to like probably get paid or important stuff not that this wasn't important and so the girl's like what's his name and she does like a cursory look for it and she's like well he's not here you need to get out of here because girls aren't allowed up here and so natty being natty she crawls into the back of a truck and catches a ride up to the campsite where her dad has just left to go blow up some things real good with some dynamite. Because, I mean, why not? His daughter's dead. There's nothing that he has to live for. Yeah. And so she rides up. He's just taking off. And this is where she sits down because she actually gets caught by the same lady that somehow caught a ride up to the job site who sits her down in the in the cookhouse and Natty starts penning this letter to little John Cusack about, well, I, I made it here. Love? No. Sincerely? No. And it's like, oh, good God, what are you trying to do to me? Yeah. And so the girl comes in and she's like, we found your dad. Come with me. And they put her on this truck and Natty, being the impatient impetuous team that she is tells the driver can you drive faster and so he starts to go haywire and wrecks his truck and so she jumps out she's like all right i'll take it from here and the next thing that you see is her dad coming down and he's got blood on his shirt and so she thinks that he's really hurt bad and she takes off after him and the truck just keeps on going and you're like, oh, well, great. They're never going to get back together again. And then she turns the corner, and there's her dad. And there's Wolf watching over everything and roll the end credits. Yeah. So, like, Wolf has, like, returned to the wild with, to be with his people, I guess. Because uh, he hears, <laughs> hears some howling. So he's like, I must answer the call. And he takes mm-hmm. off after an emotional goodbye. Um, so she like realizes how close she is. Um, I know I text you and I was like, I hate this movie. It made me cry. Um, and it did. 
I got chills actually, like as she's like chasing the truck. I was like, oh no, she's like it's right there, like it's almost here. I literally had like goosebumps because I was like I wanted it so bad. Um, even though I wasn't super invested in the movie. Uh but then like when they see each other, um, I cried a little. I think maybe a combination of the like masterful manipulation of this movie and being tired and stressed all combined into like I had a couple of like big sobs when they like reunited. But um, it does end so abruptly. Like, they hug, and that's it. Yeah. And I was like, I, I needed a little more. Um, I need to know, does she keep writing letters to Harry? Um, like, do they, re- do they reunite at some point? Like, she found Dad. Now what? But that's where it leaves us, and we just have to guess. Um, and that's, yeah, it, like I said, enjoyable in the background, barely <laughs> pay attention to, you're going to like this movie. Um, I mean, cause I really did, uh, like it was entertaining enough as a background movie. If I had like sat down and not had other tasks that I had to focus on at the same time. And like, this was the sole focus of my like how long is this movie two and a half no uh 138 it, it so. seemed like two and a half hours yeah if this if if i had solely focused on this movie for 98 minutes i probably would have been mad <laughs> but yeah. it was fine so i've got three points that really don't matter a hill of bullcrackers. But I'm going to say them just because they kind of made me laugh. Okay. The first thing is she's living in Chicago at the beginning of the movie. She has a picture of Babe Ruth <laughs> on her wall. And I'm trying to think because... I'm a little bit of a baseball historian. We're talking 1935. We're towards the end of the Babe's career. I'm trying to figure out why a girl from Chicago would be a fan of a player from New York when she had two teams that are in her town, first of all. That's fair. Once again, doesn't matter a hill of bullcrackers. The second thing is, once the dad decides that he's going to start chopping the tops of trees down. The first tree that he chops the tree the the top off of, he slams the axe into the tree at the top and then somehow crawls onto the top of the tree and the axe disappears. <laughs> I mean if that was it, I wasn't looking at I guess. If you're 50, 60, 70 feet up in the air, the last thing that you would want to do is drop an axe on the people below you. I mean, yeah, you've told them, Timber, get out of the way, but still. (laughs) My third and final note was, how long was this cross-country trek? Because the dad actually takes time off to go to wherever the train wreck was that her... Um, 
while it was found and he has time to go back to work say do i still have a job let me get back to it mm -hmm. continue to work get promoted to the tree topper and then almost get blown up real good all the while she's going cross country so are we talking a couple weeks are we talking a couple months yeah there's really no indication of time at all mm -hmm. between like day and night yeah uh, yeah thinking of it in that term like makes me think how did she and Harry slash John Cusack have time to like fall in love yeah or was it even really that because I don't know it was like 1935 or whatever so things they didn't think about things the same way that we do now in terms of like he is too old for her um, yeah. so there's maybe there's that but like I don't know I I wish they would have just like left the like romance aspect out of it I wish that she hadn't like I wish that kiss hadn't happened um, why was it there? I don't know. Can you see the picture? Yeah. This kinda. is the actual DVD box. And for huh. those of you who are listening, I will describe. Well, wait, that was that was not the picture. It is a picture of John Cusack holding Natty very closely with a wolf in the front superimposed if you go to the official website yeah that that is that is the picture that you get i mean john cusack was in this movie for all of i would say 18 minutes if, if that. that that's generous and yet it's made yet you're made to think that he was a major part of the film when the wolf it was the wolf and Natty that were together 93% of the time. Yeah. After she left another dog to die in Chicago, tied up to a post. But Yeah, he's like top billing. It should have just been her, really. Yeah. Uh, he is a supporting character at best. But, um, yeah, he's not in it very long. And you're right, the... Like the posters, DVD covers, whatever. Even like the thumbnail for this movie in Disney Plus is misleading. Yeah. Uh, well, the thumbnail is that same image. So, um, you it gives you the impression that it is a John Cusack movie, and it's not. He's just in it for a little bit. Um, however, to like end my thoughts on a positive note. <laughs> when he is on screen, he's, like, everything you want a John Cusack character to be. Right. Like, he's just John Cusack. And he's, like, kind of broody and, like, a little snippy. But, like, there's something, like, like underneath the snippiness. Um, like, all John Cusack characters, I guess. We can just consider it, like, foreshadowing to his later movies where he's, like the um like the leading like romantic guy character 
But in this movie, it made no sense. Yeah, it. I was expecting a whole lot more John Cusack and a whole lot less train hopping and and Wolf. Yeah, which good on you, Wolf. He has appeared in several other movies, which I actually sent you the the screen grab from that. Jed. Yeah, Jed is actually out of White White Fang and White Fang Two as well. So he was a multi Disney dog. Well, let's dig in to the three questions, which could probably be wrapped up very quickly. What is today's impact on this movie? They would not be smoking. They'd I don't be think vaping. They would... <laughs> well. Well, if it was set today, okay. But I'm like thinking if they tried to remake this and didn't change much of the details, just like, you know, just like reimagined it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't like show to, like, I know they edit out like smoke and stuff in movies, like older movies before they're on TV. So, like, do they ever show? I guess there are still cigarettes in some movies. Mm hmm. I feel like they would leave that out, like kids smoking. Except yeah. it does kind of establish, like, she's a tomboy and she's, like, got a heart of gold, but she's also kind of a baddie. Um, so I don't know. I I would hope that they would have a more age-appropriate lead actor um, if there's going to be a kiss. Or just leave it out. Um yeah. I don't know how much they would change besides a little diversity. Because, like, there's one character in this movie that I, like, that gets considerable, like, notable screen time. It's one black man who is in the movie for, like, maybe two minutes total. Um, And, you know, there were more people of color everywhere, but in big cities, too, during this time. You'd think they would diversify a little. But beyond that, if they kept it in the same time period, they wouldn't need to change too much. Yeah. Yeah, they, they would probably need to either make John Cusack's character younger or make Natty's character older. So that way... And, of course, the one ick factor in this movie would have to be written out because it's... Especially if it's Disney that's making the movie. Yeah. I don't know. I think, like, stuff like that still shows up in, in movies. I, I w- would hope that they would leave that out, but, I mean, it was like, it's something that happened then and still happens today, so it makes sense. Just because it makes us uncomfortable um, doesn't mean that it doesn't belong there. I just wished that it had been left out, because there were more enjoyable things they could have focused on mm-hmm. like the blacksmith yeah so the second question which we pretty much answered by both of us not knowing about this movie is it mirrored in culture no okay and how does it fit into today's society it does it I mean, it shows you what a dad would go through to make sure that his daughter was cared for, even though he left her high and dry to go handle things. Yeah. I mean, that I'm sure that still happens. Yeah. 
I mean, you see it, like, with immigrants leaving to find work and try to make a better life for themselves and their families. So, I mean, that still happens. Well, I think we've pretty much torn this one apart and tried to make it better and... We hope that you have stuck around with us so that way you don't have to watch this film unless you watched it because we told you it was the homework, in which case you get 10 points of extra credit. So good on you. I don't know how you're going to redeem those, but <laughs> thank you for sticking around. Um, next week, I promise we have a much more enjoyable movie. It is The Great Mouse Detective, so we're going back to cartoons. Yay! And we will have our good friend Cliff Jans on to talk that movie because it is another of his favorites. Um, as always, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We have new listeners that are coming on all the time. If this is your favorite movie and we just totally missed it, drop us an email at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. Of course, the DMP stands for Disney Plus Movie Podcast. Um, if you like what we're doing, shoot us a review on whatever streaming service it is that you're listening to us on, and then let us know where we can read it so that way we can get the word out to other people. Not that you're not doing that by probably telling three or four of your friends that they need to listen to us, and hopefully they are still your friends after they listen to us. Um, we... We'll be back next week with another brand new episode, which we just covered. It's Great Mouse Detective. As is the case whenever we close an episode, we need to tell you to stay safe, stay hungry, and watch out for wolves in a dogfighting ring. Deep thoughts with Dan. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye.